0: Lock on. Lock on. Lock, lock, lock on. Lock, lock,
1: lock on
0: lock, lock on, lock on Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. Just wanted to remind you guys that we are powered by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there. Joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir?
1: Not a ton. We are uh, pushing into June. We have, uh, we're have. we going to find out exactly how on schedule the NFL is on pretty soon, I would imagine. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And we, we are talking about a position today that is... Going to be uh, really interesting to see how it shapes up w- once we get into training camp and, and into the OTAs.
0: Now, assuming the NFL goes on schedule, this is the last month without some kind of on the field football news for the Cowboys, right? Because once we get into July, training camp is going to be you know I think halfway through the month of July, so uh, it's going to be it's going to be a a long month, but we'll get through it. We're going to continue with our previews uh, and let's get to defensive ends. I want to start with DeMarcus Lawrence, Landon, because if you were to just look at the stats last year, uh, five sacks, I think some people would be disappointed with that number. Um, but I think he played well, well beyond with that you know five sack total shows. Um, are you concerned about DeMarcus Lawrence going forward for the Cowboys as their number one pass rusher after they gave him that monster contract extension?
1: No, absolutely not. And I think a lot of... Even Robert Quinn's success last year was uh, very based on on you know help provided by DeMarcus Lawrence. I think Absolutely. if you go, you go back and look at you know, the two numbers that really stuck out to me was uh, even before the season, uh, John owning and, and I were discussing how Robert Quinn's one-on-one ma- uh, win rate, uh, the, way the pass rushing win rate yep. was was a, a phenomenal even before he got here. Uh, and that the opportunity that Demarcus Lawrence was going to provide for Robert Quinn was the, op- uh, you know, the, uh, the opportunity to, to eat all those double teams for him, so that he was not yep. the player to get doubled. Uh, and because of that, uh, he—I think—that's a lot of the uh, reasoning for, for Quinn's success. Now, Quinn is obviously a huge part of that as well, but I think him seeing, you know. Uh, a heavy dose of single uh, you know single teaming and not getting doubled and chipped and you know, he really seemed to Quince you know just watching old tape of him really struggled with getting chipped and when tight ends would help out he didn't see a ton of that and a lot of that was because that attention was going to DeMarcus Lawrence and you know when you get that much attention and i think the other stat that i mentioned was DeMarcus Lawrence was somewhere in the top 5 to 10 for uh, receiving double teams last year right, right. I, and i think that shows you exactly You know, a pretty straightforward formula that DeMarcus Lawrence was providing uh, for the uh, for the rest of the defensive line. And it seems like Quinn was really the only person who was taking him up on his offer.
0: I I agree. I think I think Lawrence is still one of the best pass rushers in the league. Whoever's playing opposite of him is going to have so many one on ones, as you mentioned uh, that that's why Lawrence's impact goes way beyond the box score not worried about him at all. I think he's going to be fantastic in this new scheme that uh, maybe helps him, you know, not have as many, you, you know, one-on-one blocks, maybe frees him up a little bit more, uh, gets offensive tackles thinking uh, some more. So I, I think I think Lawrence is in for a huge season with the Cowboys. Um, let's talk about replacing Robert Quinn because the team let him sign uh, with the Chicago Bears in the offseason. I kind of felt confident that the The Cowboys were going to re-sign him, but the Bears made him a monster offer. And now there's some uncertainty with what happens at right defensive end. I think the first guy that we need to mention is Tyrone Crawford, who is coming back after hip uh, surgery from last season. I think this team missed Crawford more than anybody wants to to give him credit for. Uh, Not a big sack guy, but somebody who plays well on this defensive line because he can give you so many snaps at different positions. A really good run defender on that right side how big of an impact will it be to have Crawford back on the field this season again assuming he's healthy because hip surgeries can be kind of tricky so that's obviously something else that's going to factor into this equation
1: yeah and for both hips to be the 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 problem Mm. is really something but uh, you know I think for me Crawford is a glue guy I mean you know we've I, I think everyone's made their 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 hey about his contract and you know, he gets, he got severely overpaid early in one of the, the few, uh, uh, examples of the Cowboys trying to sign a player early that probably didn't work out. He wasn't, uh, the, the, you know, I think they signed him with the idea that he would be their uh, their three technique, three three technique, technique of, really of the future. Yeah. yeah. And, and that obviously did not work out because he, he just really wasn't, uh, uh, you know th- that that type of player i think if it, it turns out that he's probably better on the outside you know it's confusing he has a d- very different body type than than a lot of other players and he is probably yeah. best suited as playing kind of a full inside outside role where he can reduce down and pa- rush the passer you know occasionally from the inside but but mostly is on the outside just because and he described it too he got beat up a lot playing inside and, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and so I think he prefers to spend his majority on the outside and then just kick in when needed. So, But, I, you know, to your point, I, I do think the team really missed him a lot last year. I mean, I, just having that extra body of, you know, again, everyone kind of looks... I up, think Tank
0: missed him a lot. I think Tank yeah, missed him sure. a lot on pass rushing situations. Because those two, yeah. I was going to say, those two had a really good chemistry together on stunts. They just, they knew how to time it. They knew how to play it. I think Lawrence did miss Crawford there.
1: He does a lot of stuff to, to kind of help the rest of the defensive line. I mean, you know, the kind mm-hmm. of holding and, you know, being the the, the, the spike guy. And, sure. You know, just a lot of that stuff he does really well that doesn't get, uh, you know, uh, maybe direct stats associated with it. But I, I think, you know, this sure. team missed having that presence. Because he, he isn't great, but he certainly is more than starter quality and to have a guy like that who can kind of rotate in on almost any spot on the line and provide you something as a pass rusher, maybe not, you know, double digit sack guy, but he can give you, you know, solid, you know, pass rush, you know, reps. Uh, that was valuable, and I think when when the team didn't have it and didn't have that guy that they could kind of just move around that front to plug in, uh, it really showed. And that's where a lot of the deficiencies for the Cowboys' defensive line came in.
0: Yeah, I do think it's valuable to have that guy that's you know four to five sacks every year that can play multiple positions that can fill in with injuries, kind of the utility defensive lineman uh, that makes everybody else better. And I think Crawford, I think Dallas really missed that player this year, and I think getting him back uh, will be will prove to be big dividends. The other thing is, if you want to go to a more multiple defense, Crawford's really the perfect guy to do that. Right? We just talked about how he can play defensive end and defensive tackle. When he was drafted in 2012, the idea was for him to be a five-technique coming out of Boise State, remember? Like, that's that's what the team thought he was, as a five-technique. Now, I don't know if you want him doing that full-time. I don't know if that's, you know, his best spot. But the fact that he has experience doing that just gives him more value. So Absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing Crawford get back on the field. Just wanted to remind you guys that today's episode of the Locked on Cowboys podcast is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Uh, right before we came on the show today, again... Had a built bar, the double chocolate mousse, absolutely fantastic. Only 110 calories. Um, if you guys have never tried built bar before, trust me, they are by far the best tasting protein bars out there. I've since we've started doing uh, some promos for built bar, I've went out and bought two boxes for my own. Uh, I, I love the coconut one. That's also, also my wife's favorite. Uh, best tasting protein bar out out there. Real chocolate, real flavors. The best part is all of their bars are low-calorie, somewhere between 100 and 160 calories per bar, packed with protein and no crazy additives. If you want to get it on Built Bars, just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. That's BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. All right, Landon, it gets interesting after DeMarcus Lawrence and Tyrone Crawford because there's a lot of unknown behind those guys. Uh, but let's start with Alden Smith. Um, we were actually talking pre-show about him uh, about you know a recent interview that he had and you kind of told me about how confident he was sounding in his rehab and you know getting back to a, a place where he feels uh, comfortable. Where do you expect him to play on this Cowboys defense because the last time we heard he's 285 pounds and that's kind of the weight that he wants to play at. He's in incredible shape. What are you expecting from Alden Smith this year for the Cowboys?
1: Yeah, he described it as a uh, a very lean two eighty five, <laughs> a very uh, a, 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 and, and and I'm trying to remember it, it may have been two seventy five two eighty, but yeah, I mean he, he when when he was on the call he it was definitely above two seventy five and and they were asking him you know they asked him about it. they asked him like well you know what did you, what do you normally play at do, do you think you're going to get your weight down uh, you know. And, and he was kind of like, uh, well, uh, and then finally was like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very thin 285. <laughs> and, and, and I was just like, oh gosh, this guy is a monster. Uh, you know, and the other thing oh, about man. it, he has strong, strong confidence in his, uh, ability to come back. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the, the, the a lot of this talk was kind of, about you know what had happened to him previously his domestic issue and, and what's changed since then and and he he has made it sound like you know they're they're, they're you know they're asking questions like what what do you got to do to ch- to change yourself to you know get better blah 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 and he was very adamant hey i i have changed like this the change has been made like the change has happened i'm i'm living the change now uh, which was all which is all great to hear the other thing he mentioned was. Somebody asked him, you know, what are the odds? You know, how do you think something like phrasing it like, how how do you plan to overcome the odds on this or uh, beat the odds on being able to come back after four seasons? And he didn't even accept the premise of the question. He was just like, yeah, he's like, yeah. what what are the odds? I, I don't you, you tell me what the odds are. I I, I don't I, I think I feel great. I've know that I've mm-hmm. done this before in the league. Uh, I you know I have experience. I know how to rush the passer. Uh, you know, so uh, I think he seems confident that he is going to be able to find a way to get back into the, the mix of things and, and, and do something. Uh, and you know, I, again, like we've talked about it, like four years is incredible long layoff you know, for any professional sport. Uh, and, and it takes, you know, it will probably take a pretty special type of person or athlete to be able to do that. I I just have this faith that Alden Smith has that kind of capability to, uh, be that guy i think you know, just did his physical sure. makeup and he just is, has natural ability that is helpful here
0: i think if this was an average player before like let's say during his peak this was somebody who was getting you know six to seven sacks i would be a little bit more nervous that you know it's been a long time since you've you've been there and it's just the odds of you coming back and being able to be that kind of player are pretty pretty low But when it comes to special and elite talents like Alden Smith, I feel pretty good that not that he gets back to that elite level, but he gets back to a functional starter. Remember, this is somebody, just to put it in perspective, how dominant Alden Smith was early in his career. His first two seasons in the NFL, he had 34 sacks, 56 quarterback hits in his first two seasons in the NFL. Uh, In 2012, when he was 22 years old, 19 and a half sacks for the 49ers. Uh, was actually even a part-time player at the time. Didn't even really become a full-time starter yet. Uh, just a, an incredible, incredible player. Will he get back to that level? Of course not. But can he get back to the same type of player that we saw in 2015 with the Raiders where, you know, he was on pace before he, before he left to be like a seven-sack guy? Could he be a six or seven-sack guy in Dallas? I think so. I, 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 think, I think that's something that, I, again, I, my expectations aren't super high. But I do feel confident that he's going to be a starter. Is that is that is that a realistic way to think about this?
1: I mean, I think so. Uh, like everything is everything about this tells me that we should be very careful and very you know uh, cautious about this. But I also sure. think that there we're fighting a lot of uh, natural optimism because uh, of all the reasons that you mentioned. I think yeah yeah you know, there there you you you're you're protecting yourself and wanting to believe that. Well, let's just wait and see. But the reality is I think that this could potentially be a good situation and we shouldn't be afraid to be a little bit excited about it.
0: All right, let's go ahead and move on to uh, another key backup, uh, Dorrance Armstrong. Um, believe it or not, Landon, Dorns Armstrong, still only 22 years old. Um, I, you know, We thought he had a fantastic training camp last season. Uh, he was okay this year, played 15 games, had two sacks. Um, didn't play a ton just because they did have Lawrence and they had Robert Quinn. Uh, but entering year three, what are you expecting from Dorrance Armstrong? Where do you look for him to play? Is he going to be DeMarcus Lawrence's primary backup? What What are you expecting
1: here? Yeah, I mean, Dorrance, you know, kind of predicting Dorrance Armstrong's production has been uh, a, a wild ride these last few seasons. You know, yeah. I mean, I think he's come into training camp, shown a lot, uh, and then just kind of faded when... When training camp closed and when the regular season came in, you know, he would show us a little bit and then he would uh, take a step back. And, you know, I just think we're looking for more consistency to start. You know, I think just a, a level of a, a floor to, to, to put under him would be good because I feel like it's just very uh, up and down right now. Um you yeah, know, which, well, is, fi- which his, is fine. To it's his just-
0: credit, though, he's he's only played 500 career snaps. Yeah. So it's not like he's been on the field a ton.
1: Sure, sure, sure. But at the same, at the same time, like you have to earn those those snaps. Correct, you know? I agree. And and, yeah. and and that's he's earned them in training camp. But then the opportunities he gets provided in the regular season, it just feels like there's a lot of times when he's disappearing. You know, and mm-hmm. I think I, agree. I think he's kind of plateaued. When he got, you know, he did start getting some opportunities to get on the field. He did start getting some snaps. You you saw some things from him occasionally, but he also seemed to plateau at a certain point. And I, I, I think you know he's still an incredibly young player. I mean, I think he's only twenty three years old. Twenty two. So, twenty two. He's twenty two. So again, like he's very very young still. This is it's still very early in his career. I think that um, I think that he is still got some uh, opportunity to to grow again. But this is really a, a, a season where. I, it's time, you know. It's time for, yep, for this ability to show up. He's been in the league for two whole seasons. This is the opportunity that he needs to go ahead and take a step up. He doesn't have a, a lot of certainty ahead of him. So if he even wants to get more and more playing time, now is your chance, man. Make the move sure. because I mean, Alden Smith, despite you know a lot of the fanfare, and Randy Gregory, despite the same sort th- sort of thing, <clears throat> neither one of those guys are sure things, and neither one of them are being paid in such a way that they would prohibit you if if Dorrance Armstrong really blew up from playing Dorrance Armstrong just as much as as those other guys.
0: Yep. Yeah, Dorrance Armstrong turns 23 here in a few weeks, um entering year 3. This is really the year for him to to make a step. Now, what is that like how many sacks are we talking here? I I, I think if he could get to 4, 5, I think that would be a pretty monster step forward for the Cowboys because again, they don't really need him to be a starting defensive end now. They just need him to be a high-end backup. And I think he i think he certainly has the potential to do it. We've seen him in training camp win against some really good offensive tackles. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for Armstrong to take a, a big leap forward. All right, Landon, you brought him up, so we might as well talk about him. Randy Gregory, um, it's been reported that he has filed for a reinstatement. Uh, the Cowboys would like him back still. Where are we at with Randy Gregory? If he comes back, how does he fit into this defense? Do we expect him to come back? What do you think?
1: You know, I just, I, I, I don't know. You know, it feels like the, uh, it feels like there's been a lot of hedging in the whispers, you know, and, and it feels like, or at least, you know, the people that are usually whispering at this point about this kind of thing, they have no idea. You know, I think that there's just a lot of of uh uncertainty there because i mean clearly alden smith's situation developed incredibly quickly and and suddenly Mm -hmm. and and he was able to almost immediately get reinstated and he's back in and he's already back on the team randy it feels like has been kind of battling this for years and i don't you know i i think you know obviously he uh, his battle is not completely just with the NFL brass and getting reinstated. I think part of it is his own, you know need to stabilize his situation uh, and make sure that he's in a good spot before he's ready to uh, actually even, you know submit for re- uh, for getting back in. So I, I think that yeah. you know it's not just a timeline of, you know, when is when is Roger Goodell gonna let Randy Gregory back? I do think that there is actual consideration being made by the player and his team of, well, am I am I ready to come back? Because even even you know again like uh, just to be clear, you know the marijuana was really just a symptom of his issues. You know I think yep. that that's that's the thing is that you know just because it's legal and he may not get pinched for it anymore, uh, that doesn't mean that he's completely in the 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 free and clear and that he's you know a healthy person ready to get back going. I think that there's some the the mental health side of this, the stabilizing yes, his right. life part of it is what needs to get done. And then once once that's ready and they're in a good spot, you know that's when they'll uh, they'll start to resubmit and try to go from there.
0: Yeah, I believe it was anxiety stuff and that's partly the reason why Gregory did use marijuana to help cope with some of that stuff. So um, from some of the whispers we did here, it sounds like he is in a better place. He's doing well physically. Um, he's ready to get back. Um, I'm just not expecting it right now. I think it's, I think it's likely that he comes back. I think it's certainly possible. I'm just not, for some reason, when I think of the Cowboys defense right now, I'm not envisioning him on the field because you just don't know things, things tend to pop up, but, uh, if he does come back, uh, he's still a really, really good player. And I think he can have a big impact on this defense. Um, before we go any farther lane, and I I should have mentioned this at the beginning, uh, the Cowboys have a new defensive line coach uh, this season, and we I mean, we talked about it a little bit on this show. But uh, going from Rod Marinelli to Jim Tom Sula, um, you know both are highly respected defensive line coaches in the NFL. But what are the main differences between the two? And are, you know, are you excited about Tom Sula coaching up some of these guys like Lawrence and Crawford and Alden Smith?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you you, you know. A lot of a lot of the anxiety in general about replacing coaches or you know turning over coaches is that I think you know you had issues with the way Rod Marinelli's defense was run, but I think you liked Rod Marinelli as a defensive line coach, right? Sure. Uh, and so I think that the losing him there is, is a spot where you're like, well, I hate to lose a really good coach in a position that you really need good coaching, right? Uh, and then for them to replace it with Jim Tom Sula, you know, a guy who you know at this point in his career maybe even a better coach or at least a more relevant to the times coach if if you will um i, I think is really is really just a coup you know i think it, it shows you like how how good of a how good a job this team did of upgrading the coaching staff uh, and to get a guy like tom sula uh, back with uh, with a guy like uh, alden smith and 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 you know what he's going to be able to show guys like demarcus lawrence and and some of those guys, I think it's really going to be, uh, uh, you know, a fantastic transition. They're going to get more opportunity to do a couple of different things that they may not have done with uh, with Marinelli, and it's including some some you know stand up rushing from two point stance, you know, some, maybe some more exotic blitzes, and, and, and at least yeah. more frequency to the blitzes. So, you know, I think that all of these things and and, and his uh, uh, his incredible uh, coaching as well. Uh, having a ton of experience, coaching a whole bunch of really good, talented pass rushers and interior defensive linemen, uh, I, I you know I, I, it's just a, it's about as good a situation as you can hope for, having to replace you know a guy who essentially is a, f- a future Hall of Fame coach, uh, defensive line coach right, in Rod, Rod right. Marinelli.
0: I also think Jim Tom Sula is going to fit in well, personality wise, with his players. I think I I think Demarcus Lawrence and Crawford are going to absolutely love him. Uh, his energy level is is fantastic, where Marinelli is the same way. But Tom Sewell is a little younger. He's got a little bit of nasty to him, uh, a Pittsburgh guy. So I'm looking forward to see how Jim Tom Sewell works with these guys. Obviously, he's familiar with uh, Alden Smith, and that should help out as well. But uh, just a really, really strong offseason signing by the Cowboys. All right, Landon. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six guys I want to run through here over the next five minutes or so. So let's kind of do these rapid fire. Uh, Joe Jackson, mm-hmm. fifth round pick last year from the Cowboys. Uh, you know, from Miami, played a little bit last year as a strong side defensive end. What are you expecting from him in year two?
1: I'm interested in him because I think that you know this is a situation. Him and Jelks both, I think, uh, are, yep. are they may have lucked out a little bit because I feel like they may have actually come into a situation where they may. Even fit a little bit better than they than the previous defense, the previous administration. Yep. So uh, I'm interested to see exactly where uh, Joe Jackson is in his you know physical development, uh, because I felt like he came in with a really good uh, body for a defensive lineman, and was in, as far as you know rookie defensive lineman, uh, really came in with a good level of strength and, and ability to come in and potentially give you something. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm even more excited to see what he does with with the year in the in the training room
0: jackson's one of those long defensive ends that maybe fits better in a 3-4 maybe he could play a little bit of five technique for you so i'm excited to see him you mentioned jalen jelks i don't think we need to cover him uh bradley and i uh, a cowboys pick from this year's draft the fifth rounder i believe um from utah uh john owning's favorite player in the entire draft i feel like we should mention him out there shout out john Mm -hmm. um bradley and i how do you how do you expect him to fit into this defense
1: you know uh, he's If you look at these bodies in this room, he is the smallest by far, I would imagine. I mean, just kind of as far as height. And if anything, I think he's one of the guys, the few guys in this list who, you know, maybe could provide some Sam linebacker play at different times if Mm -hmm. you wanted to certain packages. And, 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 you know, just doing more from a kind of two-point stance, maybe defensive pass rusher role. Um, you know, I, I, think he's, I think he's pretty clearly going to make the team uh, just because I think he has more talent than his draft stock uh, implies. Probably. I don't know exactly what his uh, immediate impact on the team is going to be, and I think that's going to be an interesting uh, thing to watch when we go into training camp.
0: Yeah, I think the ability to carry 55 players this year is going to be helpful to Anai because I think he's probably one of the guys that's going to be on the bubble a little bit just because, you know, they do have a lot of names at defensive end. Um, But because of his versatility, maybe being able to be a little bit of a 3-4 outside linebacker, playing some Sam, some base defensive end, I do think he has a shot to make this team and maybe contribute as a rookie. Um, All right, last ones. Uh, Three undrafted free agents. You tell me which one you like the best and which one has the best shot at sticking around. Rondell Carter, Ladarius Hamilton, Azur Kamara. Which one do you like the best?
1: Uh, i I probably more interested in Carter immediately. Um, And uh, I think Azur is a guy that has some interesting long-term potential if you wanted to put him on a practice squad and see how he develops. Because I Mm -hmm. I think he does have some interesting pass rush profile uh, athletic skills. Uh, but yeah, I think Carter is a guy who uh, I, I just you know there's a reason they paid him all that money in the undrafted free agent market. I think you know, you watch his tape and it, it looks like it's all there for a guy to come in and, and at least with mm-hmm. this with that kind of talent be some sort of contributor on some level. And uh, because what and what you know, what you're worried about is his level of competition. You just haven't seen it, right? So this now you're giving him an opportunity to to really shine and see what if he can. Replicate that level of play at a much much higher level of of football.
0: Uh, I think that's a good call. I kind of like Azur Kamara a little bit. Six three two forty five might actually be a linebacker in the NFL. But he was pretty productive as an edge rusher last year for Kansas. Uh, pretty decent athlete, kind of lanky. Um, you know, maybe he's probably he's probably a special teams guy. But uh, because he has that ability to kind of move around and play a couple different spots. I think he's just an interesting name to keep an eye on in training camp of the preseason. Will not surprise me at all if he catches onto this roster or somebody else's roster as a do-it-all defender who can also play on special teams. That is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time we <laughs>